with Aidan McCaffrey. Such a fine line between stupid and, and clever. Yeah. Right, film news. Uh, they've released the first images of Rebecca. This is Ben Wheatley's remake of... Yeah, the news article I'm reading calls this an adaptation. But this is, this is interesting because it's almost certainly when it comes out, it's going to get called a remake because it's a remake of the Alfred Hitchcock adaptation of Daphne du Maurier's novel, Rebecca. But, I mean, really, these things are just re-adaptations, aren't they? You know what I mean? Like, people will be like, why if they remade Rebecca? It's great. And it's like, well, it's, I don't know, if you go back to the source material, I guess it could be a different thing. I'm personally quite interested in this, mainly because Ben Wheatley is quite an odd, interesting guy. He doesn't, well, I was going to say, he doesn't seem to do anything on a whim, but Free Fire is very much feels like a film <laughs> that was whimsical. But... But at the same time, it was doing its own thing. So, Wheatley on Du Maurier could be good. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting film news because you often... The news is just, here's some photos of the film. Which is terrible in a... For a podcast. Uh, I'll just describe them to you. Attractive people looking pensive. Or more specifically, attractive people looking like they have something to hide. So yeah, if uh, a man with a square jaw with a secret is your thing, boy, you're gonna love Arnie Hammer in Rebecca. Jason Bateman is in talks to direct a Netflix heist film called Here Comes the Flood. Uh, it's a heist movie written by X-Men franchise writer-producer Simon Kinberg. Obviously, Bateman has a good relationship with uh, Netflix because he stars in Ozark. It feels like heist movies took a bit of a kicking in that Rick and Morty episode that rips into heist things. But, you know, a heist is a good shortcut to tension and excitement, isn't it? It's interesting old Kinberg's involved because he, he wrote Mr. and Mrs. Smith and the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes films. And they sort of fell into a um, X-Men hole, which produced some good films, X-Men Days of Future Past, uh, and some not well regarded films such as X-Men Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix and Josh Trank's Fantastic Four so I don't know maybe this will be a bit of a comeback for, for the guy most film news is American because that's where all the uh, narrative deposits in the world exist but actually I've got some UK news masks will be mandatory in UK movie theatres I assume that means we'll have to wear masks and just not that they're going to be showing the uh, 1994 Jim Carrey movie mask on every screen. To be honest, it's been so long since I've been to cinema, I'd take that. I would take it just watching masks constantly. Hey Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Hey, I'm walking here! actually are some films coming out. I see, I thought Tenet was the next big thing coming out. Next Tenet is the next big thing coming out, but there actually is a thriller called Unhinged starring Russell Crowe coming out on the 7th of August, I think. Uh, I mean, I'm prejudging this, but I mean, that's going to test how much I want to go to the cinema. There's a thriller called Unhinged starring Russell Crowe. 
how much do I want to go to the cinema <laughs> that I'm going to go and see a thriller called Unhinged starring Russell Crowe? Hey, it might be amazing, but probably won't be. Here's a good headline. Night Bitch will star Amy Adams as a woman who thinks she's turning into a dog. Okay, so she's a dog. Here's the official synopsis from the author of the book on which the film is based's website. In the Night Bitch, an unnamed woman and former artist thrust into stay-at-home domesticity after the birth of her son becomes worried she's turning into a dog. Her husband, who travels for work five days a week, easily dismisses her fears from hotel rooms. Meanwhile, the mother is forced to contend with very real physical manifestations of her social anxiety with only her two-year-old son for company. As her son's symptoms intensify, she struggles to keep her ultra-canine identity secret. Finally jolted into action after an impulsive and disastrous encounter with her family cat, she seeks a cure for her condition in a herbal multi-level marketing scheme, a group from, of mummies all inexplicably named Jen and Wanda White, a mysterious academic specialising in mythical ethnic I mean, it sort of sounds like uh, the fly mixed with sort of a sort of satire on what it's like being a parent in the modern age. It doesn't sound so bad when you put it that way. Also, it's being made by Annapurna Films, who made The Master, American Hustle, Her, and Vice. I don't love all of those films, but you know, they clearly are aiming for stuff. You know, they're trying, trying new things. New Scream sequel will bring back Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers. I'd be lying if I said I remembered that Courtney Cox was called Gail Weathers in that film. Um, but yeah, I guess that's the thing. Oh, actually, sorry, I'm being cynical, actually. Or maybe I should be cynical because it's another... It's very hard to be cynical when it's like another reboot. But I have to admit that I do... I feed the beast. I go and see a lot of these reboots. Uh, and a lot of them are very good. You know, some of my favourite films of the past 20 years have been, you know, your Casino Royale, your Star Trek, your Star Wars. Uh, and it's sort of as a ploy they use, isn't it? Like, hey, the actor that you liked in the original one, they're back! Like Harrison Ford in Star Wars, or Leonard Nimoy in Star Trek. Um, Jeff Goldblum in the sequel to Jurassic World. Jurassic World gets a kicking, but I mean, I sort of admired that at least trying to do new characters and new stuff in that world. Um, and I thought, uh, fairly admirable. Um, I think that's the way you've got to go forward with these things. Here's, here's what I think. You're all here for what I think. It is annoying that we live in a society that is so dependent on reboots and remakes and sequels and, and all that kind of thing. But I think what you've got to do is, if you tell a story about new characters in that world, you can effectively use the the franchise name as a Trojan horse to sort of get your own thing done. Which is why I always find it a bit disappointing when franchises that do this, like uh, Harry Potter and the Star Trek TV show, Star Trek Discovery, always find it a bit disappointing. They sort of inevitably give way to prequelitis. Like in the first season or film, they'll go, hey, here's all these new characters. And everyone will go, yeah, that's, that's quite good. And then they'll sort of lose their bottle. And then the sequel will be like, hey, Let's see what Dumbledore was like when he was young and hot. Or let's see what Spock was like when he was young and hot. Or let's see what Dobby was like when he was young and hot. Anyway, based on reboot culture so far, the next Scream film could be shit or could be good, which uh, is true of literally all films. Bacon, scones, Butter, cream, jam, not strawberry. Raspberry? What else? Alan Parker died. Uh, 
This is the director of Midnight Express, Mississippi Burning, Boogie Nights. Quite an eclectic guy. Made a lot of uh, films, very different. Made everything from Evita to Bugsy. Like, he made Bugsy Malone, you know, this shocking expose of child gangsterism in which kids had splurge guns. And then, like, two years later, he made this harrowing prisoner film, uh, Midnight Express. And he sort of was quite good at just, like, veering from, I'm just going to do something fucking different now. Totally different. Um, you know, it's not even like Radiohead going from OK Computer to Kid A, that. It's like, I don't know. It's like the Teletubbies going from the Teletubbies to Kid A. And Tom Cruise, that space film he's making. Tom Cruise is going to space, because of course he is. He's jumped off everything. Now he has to jump off the moon. Yeah, he's going to space, and it's Doug Lehman. But he, so he makes, every, most films he makes now are directed by... Christopher Macquarie, the usual suspects writer and uh, Valkyrie writer, who started directing films with Mission Impossible 5. They, he's like his go-to guy. So even when he makes a film not with him, like uh, Live, Die, Repeat, a.k.a. All You Need Is Kill, a.k.a. Edge of Tomorrow, they tend to have had a rewrite by Macquarie. And Macquarie is now on board as a sort of producer of this space film. And apparently in a Zoom chat, he convinced the studio, Universal, to shell out $200 million dollars to fund the film. I mean, that kind... I mean, that... That puts into stark contrast what's happening in my Zoom meetings at work. $200 million. Whoa. I mean, in most Zoom meetings, just responsibility is shuffled around. Apologies are made for overlapping conversation. Uh, and everyone just thinks about the next time they're going to make a cup of tea. $200 million. I mean, how? I'd love to know what he, how he convinced them. Like, guys, Tom Cruise on the ISS... $200 million is not a risk. What could possibly go wrong? Because I'd be thinking literally everything. We, there could be a Challenger-style explosion, but it's Tom Cruise is in the thing. I don't know. I've, I've been said for a while, Cruise is going to die making films. Uh, and, it, and it will be a sort of noble death. Unless a lighting rig falls on his head. But like if he like dies in space, or jumping off the Burj Khalifa, or like attaching himself to a helicopter blade and then it being turned on so he's just span around for ages for some ludicrous Ethan Hunt stunt. He'll have died for his art. So I hope he doesn't die, but if he does, he'll have died for his art. Uh, I hope not. I want to see this space film. I think Doug Lyman's quite good and I think uh, space is cool. And I like seeing Tom Cruise just risk his life. So something fun can go into my eyes for two hours while I'm eating nuts in the cinema. What's wrong with the man? He's fucking weird. We love to laugh. <laughs> Don't laugh! This ain't reality TV! Tenet. Tenet release news update. So Tenet's been going back and forth. Tenet's the next big film that's coming out at some point. Keeps getting pushed back. When the governor of California closed all the cinemas, they seemed to... The, the, the news was Tenet is being delayed indefinitely. But... It might not be. Because the thing is, there's enough places in the world for them to release it. It looks like they're now thinking, hey, maybe we can go ahead with this. So the new uh, headline is, Tenet may have enough US theatres reopening to keep Labor Day release, even without New York and LA. I mean, that's a weird turn of events, because back in the day... Um, we get used now to films released everywhere at once, right? In, whether in the cinemas or on demand or both. 
back in the day, and this is true right up until maybe The Godfather or Jaws, I can never remember which one it was, I, th I think it was Jaws, you release their films on the east and west coast in cities, and then you bleed the film out into the heartlands, and that's how films were released. So every film had to be a word of mouth hit. Like you could pump like, you could make an expensive film, but you still had to rely on it being a word of mouth thing. Jaws and Star Wars and maybe The Godfather changed that so it's like no just release it all at once on the weekend doing massive marketing campaign and just juice everyone up immediately and then they'll go and see it opening weekend and now it's sort of become an opening weekend or bust industry not totally there still are odd films that book the trend but they're very rare The Greatest Showman was one that like had a, an okay opening weekend like 14 million dollars in America and just kept people just kept going to watch it for months and months and months I mean that's very rare now but weirdly with this tenant situation we're now we've gone from a point where only LA and New York get it and then then it was like oh no everywhere can get it and now it's like yeah everywhere can get it except LA and New York <laughs> and when they sort their shit out then they can you can get tenant I really hope that's like a I hope that's an encouraging factor for the governors like I think Gavin Newsom's the governor of uh, of California, and I can't remember who the governor... Oh, no, it's Andrew Cuomo, isn't it? Yeah, Andrew Cuomo. I hope they're just thinking, fuck, I was really looking forward to Tenant. We need to get some social distancing going on so we can see that film. God, everywhere except LA getting a big Hollywood film. I mean, that is mad. That's like everyone getting chlamydia except people on holiday in Magaluf. Lady Macbeth, young adult musical in the works from Anna and the Apocalypse director. There is like a tradition of um, Shakespeare films being adapted for uh, teen films. I think ten, I think ten things I hate about you was based on one Taming of the Shrew, maybe. Um, I say there's a culture of that. I can only think of one example, but hey. Marvel's Black Widow will have 30 minutes of IMAX footage. Uh, I quite like this kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's good because the IMAX frames bigger. It was it, and it's the thing is the IMAX cameras are quite clunky and they're, they're weighty, which is why and they're expensive and they're slow to use. Takes ages to reload the film. So directors like using IMAX for certain sequences, but they don't like using it a lot because it just slows everything down. But Nolan made Dunkirk about seventy percent of that was was uh, IMAX and it looked phenomenal. So. Um, 30% is a fairly large figure. Someone's going to do 100% one day. 100% IMAX. Um, and it'll probably be Christopher Nolan. I, yeah, I say that. It'll just be someone annoying will do it, like Zack Snyder, and I'll be like, oh, fuck off. Don't ruin IMAX for me, Snyder. Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. Wearing this. All right. Wearing only this. AMC Theatres and Universal Pictures have sent shockwaves through Hollywood. They've got a deal whereby they're going to shorten the theatrical window, which is the distance between it being in cinemas and video on demand, to 17 days. And cinemas have been largely kicking off about this over the years. Like, uh, they, they want they want to be able to make their book before it appears on, on demand. And 
yeah, it's interesting. Cinemas do kind of need to move with the times on this, but I do get the anxiety that if you know, if you know the new a new film you want to see is going to be, un, you can watch it at home for three in three weeks' time. Eh, you might you might not bother going to the cinema because the traditional window is ninety days. I like this headline, Sam Rockwell to play country singer Merle Haggard in new Amazon movie will do his own singing. <laughs> I like that, it's like, guys, he's doing it and he's not going to phone it in. He's not, Rockwell's not phoning it in on this one. Because they've stressed that, we can only assume every other film announcement will be phoned in. Like, imagine if it was like, Sam Rockwell will play superhero in new Avengers film, eh, won't bother to learn lines. Which actually sounds mad, but that's what Marlon Brando did on Superman. He got some ludicrous paycheck, like $7 million for 10 minutes of what ended up being 10 minutes in the film, and didn't bother learning the lines. He got someone to write them on the nappy of the Superman baby, Kal-El. Maybe he just knows how good he is. Like, I could read this off a nappy, and ironically, it still won't be shit. Well, we could just give you the script. No, I want the script. I want my dialogue on a nappy or not at all. It's a weird rider, you know, no brown M&Ms. This guy's like, I want it written on a nappy. I mean, I can't, I can't criticize him. When I, when I do stand-up gigs, I, uh, I, I have all my jokes written on huggies and I just sort of have them around the stage and then I'll like go up to the, the huggy and be like, here's a joke. It's weird. This is why my career's not going very well. Zack Snyder says his cut of Justice League won't use a single frame shot by Joss Whedon. Uh, this is... Uh, Joss Whedon's doing a longer version of uh, his flop film, Justice League. Uh, he had to leave the project because of a family tragedy. Joss Whedon took over. The film was a bit of a mess. Uh, yeah. So if you care about that, that's what's going on with that. I will not use a second recorded by another podcaster in this. And that's why I'm not in the iTunes charts. Smoke, really, you the smoke? You don't smoke, do you? What do you want all those fitness freaks? Huh? I believe in taking care of myself in a balanced diet and a rigorous exercise routine. In the morning, if my face is a little puffy, I'll put on an ice pack while doing my stomach crunches. I can do a thousand now. Go fuck yourself. I'm on all the social medias at Aiden McComedy. If you're in this for whimsy, at me. If you're in this for film analysis, at me. I really, I'm big on that dopamine hit you get from an ad because I'm not very good at Twitter. So if I get one like for anything, it just gives me a semi for a day. Bacon, scones, butter, cream, jam, not strawberry. What else? A Welsh rabbit with a poached steak on top, please. Not too runny. Coffee or tea? Do you have milkshake? I drink it up! Milkshake! 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 And some sausages.